0: Welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice with your host, Rocky Deer.
1: Hi, and welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast. In our last episode, we heard from Sylvia Barunda Firth, the newly inaugurated president of the State Bar of Texas. In that episode, we also learned that Sylvia is the first Hispanic woman to become state bar president, and she's also the first lawyer from El Paso to take on that role. Sylvia is indeed a living embodiment of diversity in its myriad forms. The July-August 2021 edition of the Texas Bar Journal features on its cover Sylvia's bright smile striking a pose of confidence, signaling her preparedness to take on the presidency. Open the cover and turn to the table of contents, however, and you will see two articles that dive more deeply into the issue of diversity in law practice. The first, starting at page 586, is an opinion piece titled The Business Case for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion by Sophia Adroge. And my apologies, Sophia, if I mispronounced your name. The second piece occurs two pages later on page 588. Its title, Perspectives from Asian Judges. In it, Authors Rehan Ali Mohammed and Jeff Leung present us with myriad insights from three Asian American judges in Texas. Now, at this point, you might be wondering, where am I going with this? Who's the guest today? Is it is it one of the authors? One of the judges? Perhaps a random reader who won some bizarre sweepstakes to appear on the podcast? Well, actually, we'll be talking with Angelica Hernandez, who serves on the Texas Bar Journal Board of Editors. Angelica was the board member who took the lead on bringing these two diversity-focused articles into the July-August issue. Angelica was well-suited to take the lead because leadership is what she does. She's an officer of the Hispanic Issues section of the state bar, a past state bar director, past president of the Hispanic Bar Association of Houston, and past president of the Mexican-American Bar Association of Houston. But wait, there's, there's more. In 2015, Chief Justice Nathan Hecht of the Texas Supreme Court appointed Angelica to the Texas Supreme Court Commission to expand legal services in Texas. So with that, let's welcome Angelica. Wait, 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 wait. Did did I mention that she is a lawyer in private practice alongside all that? Maybe I didn't. So let's correct that. Angelica is a partner at Linebarger, Gogan, Blair, and Samson, a firm she joined in 2004 where she litigates delinquent real property and business personal property cases on behalf of governmental entities in the Houston area. Anyway, you get the idea, she's a real deal. So let's get to it and talk about the diversity articles in the July-August, 2021 issue of the Texas Bar Journal. And with that, Angelica Hernandez, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rocky. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Absolutely. Well, let's maybe start with, with the mechanics of putting together these types of these types of articles. So for those who might be interested in writing for the Texas Bar Journal, maybe walk us through the process of selecting, you know, topics and authors and and all that.
2: Well, well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to address many different uh, attorneys, individuals here in Texas because as a member of the board of directors, we're constantly looking for diverse articles diverse people I mean the the, the different areas of law it just runs the gamut so we're always looking for is there an area we didn't consider is there a person perhaps we didn't consider is there a piece of history that we didn't consider so there's a lot that goes into putting together these uh, these magazines typically what happens though is um, Anybody doesn't necessarily don't necessarily need to know somebody on the board of editors, but we do have a process where you can uh, download a form from the state bar site and submit your article. We do we do have a guideline in terms of 1500 words, but every every we meet quarterly. And we basically just review all different types of submissions. For this particular article, how, or this particular issue, however, the board of directors did decide to specifically target authors in different diverse areas, especially since, in I guess, in commemoration for Sylvia Brandu's first election to the state bar presidency.
1: I got you. So I was going to ask you about the impetus behind... These diversity-focused pieces, and it sounds like it may have, it it probably is connected in some way to Sylvia's ascendancy to the presidency. Is that is that a fair assumption? Correct. That's correct. Now let's talk about your involvement in the issue of diversity. You know, is was that was that a topic that you were on the board of editors and they said, you know, Anelica, you run with this, or (laughs) was this a topic that was kind of close to your heart and you sort of raised your hand and said, hey, I want to do this.
2: Well, let me tell you, in full disclosure, I had the privilege of serving with Sylvia on the Board of Directors at the State Bar of Texas. So I had known Sylvia just through our normal bar work and became friends with her. I'm a huge fan of her. She's a really nice lady. I think she's going to do great things for the bar. But notwithstanding that, it was not my idea, actually. You know, we have a really great group of individuals that from across the state, different fields, and it was a collective discussion in terms of you know how can this issue be different? Is there a way we can commemorate it? So I, I will tell you in all honesty, I kind of I um I took a back seat. I took a back seat because I was interested in the conversation and to see what I, I had my own thoughts and opinions about diversity, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to see, you know, what what does the board think? You know, these are individuals from different parts of the state, different practices, different backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. And I was more a fly on the wall, to be perfectly honest. So they're talking about it, you know, what can we do? And then it popped up, well, how about if we just have some articles on diversity and again i'm a fly on the wall i'm very used to these conversations this mm-hmm. is my life this is what i live on a day-to-day basis sure and the question was asked you know who would who would like to take the lead on this and so there was a lot there's a lot of great discussion and i'm like okay well this is where i stop being a fly on the wall <laughs> and and just step forward and volunteer and that's actually how it happened so i was really proud of all the editors who brought up the topic on their own. And, and that's what we do. You know, that's what we do. We, we brainstorm, uh, we think of different ideas and, uh, and that's how it, that's how it kind of fell into my lap.
1: So, you know, as, as lawyers, we, we love to define things, right? And if it's a, if we don't have a definition, we don't know what it is, you know, let's maybe for a second define and, and maybe we're not the official definition, but for talking purposes, let's define this issue of diversity. You know, because, I mean, we hear about that a lot, right? It's like, you know, there's there's diversity. There's not just racial, there's gender, there's sexual orientation, there's there's even economic diversity, where you might have somebody who's, who who appears otherwise to come from a privileged category, but they come from economically rather difficult backgrounds. So let's define diversity and kind of maybe help us understand what that term means. Do you have a working definition that you use?
2: Diversity, to me, is what I live on a daily basis. And essentially, it's an individual, I would say, that has a distinct set of perceptions, uh, realities, thoughts, feelings. That, to me, in a nutshell, is diversity. Mm-hmm. So in terms of these articles, what I was thinking, and, and, and it's very inclusive, It's very inclusive of, of all the different areas that you mentioned. But for me, I was thinking, how can we show these individuals who have unique perspectives, had unique lives, and how that uniqueness really benefits the whole? And that, to me, because I do believe that we live in diverse cities, states, countries. So the question is not really acknowledging whether or not diversity exists. Diversity exists. It's in front of everybody every day. It's really a matter of how can we really highlight and and show and reflect all these different voices that are out there. And that's one of the reasons why I tuned in a little bit more to these uh, Asian judges, for example. Sure. They're there. It's a really nice history in the article. They mentioned the percentages of mm-hmm. the Asian judges. The, the percentages really don't concern me as much as the fact that they are there. So sure. really, so really, this article was a mechanism just to show uh, the community, the legal community, hey, they're there, and what's their story, and what's their perspective, and how does that story, how does that perspective actually benefit the whole in their respective communities where they're judges?
1: So let's maybe talk about because there's two very interesting articles, right? One is kind of the business case, why we should have diversity in a in a law firm or in a law office. And then the other one is talking about these three Asian American judges and their perspectives on the practice of law, being a judge, you know, what COVID means and just a whole host of issues. But one of the judges had in 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 the in the judges piece had talked about the need to have judges who kind of look like the litigants. Who come into court as a litigator, as somebody who's in court all the time? How important do you think that is? I mean, as when I was when I was going through law school in the 1990s, you know, ages ago, back when the T Rex was still roaming the earth, you know, I, I remember thinking that I was sort of taught, it was inculcated in me that it doesn't matter who the judge is. At the end of the day, the judge is supposed to follow the law, and it doesn't matter what their what their background is. It looks like that dynamic might be changing, or that. That conversation might be changing. So can you give us your thoughts on how important is it, you know, what the judge's personal background is as opposed to just their their judicial demeanor?
2: I guess initially what I would do is I'd make one distinction because okay. you you and I are both litigators. Sure. So we're used to being in the courtroom. So right. irres- and we have this practice in law school irrespective of who our professor is that you're still going to get called on. They're still going <laughs> to give you a hard time. To say, so that so right. so th- this is what I'm trying to point out as attorneys we have a unique set of ex- shared experiences. So that can transfer, whether it's in the, from the classroom to the courtroom, we share that. I believe what the judge was referring to also is perhaps those individuals who aren't lawyers. Perhaps, you know, it's a, it could be the plaintiff, it could be the defendant, it could be a pro se defendant. Mm. I, I think that, so as attorneys, we're used to the environment. As non-attorneys, may, maybe maybe not so but even
1: well i i think what i'm what i'm getting from it is that that comment was really geared more towards the litigants themselves as opposed to the attorneys representing the litigants i guess what i'm asking is in your experience as a litigator how important is it for the litigants to see somebody who kind of represents either their community or a diverse community on the bench you know in in your work representing representing governmental entities in court has that been an important factor has that has that ever come up and and if so you know in in what ways
2: I will tell you as in, in representing governmental entities in actuality we represent I hate to say it this way but it's just like an unsurmountable Unsurmountable mountain, you know, for for the mm-hmm. governmental entities, no, you know, if anything, it would probably, for for my line of work as plaintiffs counsel, no, mm-hmm. I, you know, I I think that you know I've I've had the benefit being in front of uh, a lot of different judges. I'm sure. And, yeah, yeah and, and 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 no, not necessarily because people really, for us, uh, unlike in other areas of plaintiffs uh, law. The burden is mostly on the government. The Mm -hmm. burden is mostly on the government to make sure that all the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. Sure. Um, Yeah, so for for my line of work, perhaps not not as much as perhaps other types of uh, plaintiff's work, whether it be personal injury or other areas. Mm -hmm. It might be different or even perhaps, you know, even in criminal law. But we, in, in representing the government, you know, it, it, it almost gives the appearance that we're on the same side. So we have mm-hmm. to be um, very careful you know, that, uh, that we're pointing out you know, to the defendants. Um, you know, we, we have followed all the proper rules. We've given them every, other, every opportunity that they need to, to resolve their particular matter. So in answer, for my line of work, no. But that being said, though, Rocky, you know, I, I think that the fact that you do have individuals on the bench, you know, that are representative of different members of just your local community, I, I still think that's important. I, I, you know, I, st- I still think it's important that, you know, you because they're still going to bring a different mm-hmm. perspective. That is one thing that, that I have noticed. And, and that is the truth, even though, our particular body of yeah. law is very is very well codified and you know we follow the steps and the burden really is on the government you know in these cases it does make a difference in terms of the temperament of an individual um interacting with the defendants are in front of you mm-hmm. and how smoothly my cases go it does make a difference in in that respect
1: well and and it's interesting because you talked about perspective and in in the article titled, The Business Case for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, that's Sophia's article, she talks about that. She talks about the perspective that is, that is sort of inherent in a more diverse group of people in a room. Can you maybe, and, and I say, can you, because maybe you've not really articulated this or written it down and really really taken your thoughts and put them into something that you can express. But if you have, do you have any? insights into the types of perspectives and how the perspectives differ when you've got people of a more diverse background versus if you've got a more homogeneous background. Have you experienced that? Or is that something that when you've been kind of conferring with the authors or as an editorial board, you know, can you maybe help us understand how those perspectives change across the different layers of diversity?
2: I almost feel as if that's homework for an essay for another article. <laughs> for an, for another article, no. Oh, holy cow. You know, I, I do have a little bit of difficulty answering these questions, and I'm going to tell you why. Please. My my difficulty is that this is a reality that I live day in and day out. Right. It's not, it's not just because I'm in the courtroom, or it's not because I'm in, in front of a particular judge. So... My experience has been that when you have different individuals that are, and let's say in the courtroom aspect, mm-hmm. you, have sure. dif- you have different individuals that are sitting on the bench who bring experiences that are reflective of interactions with individuals from different backgrounds You see it on the bench. You really do see that. Now, does it change my job per se? No, because I'm still a lawyer and still representing Mm -hmm. my client. But in terms of how an individual addresses the people, whether it be at counsel's table or their clients, not only in terms of how they address them, but also in terms of problem solving and coming up with solutions Mm -hmm. at the bench, and like I said, the difficulty for me is that, you know, that's everyday life for me. I I think that for an individual who's not used to seeing a myriad of perspective, of approaches, perhaps because they may not live, you know, a certain way, I think it's hard for them to, to to see that. So in other words, uh, let me try to put it another way, Rocky.
1: I think it's, I think it's a great answer. It's very, it's, it's very insightful. I think it's, it's kind of helping me kind of understand the topic too. So please continue. Cause I, I, I like where you're going with this.
2: One of the things that, 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 uh, that I will tell you in why I think even though diversity means so many different things, sure. you know, one of the reasons why I think it's so important is that I think somewhere along the way, just basic human dignity can be lost sure you know, just and 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 you would say well what does that even mean basic human dignity can be lost mm-hmm. and I said well you know the dignity dignity could be lost because just by virtue of the fact that someone you know looks different speaks mm-hmm. different you know behaves differently, and it may not be something that you're normally around. You know, it, it is very, very easy, easy to stereotype an individual. And when you stereotype someone, you're basically missing out on what that individual has to offer because you're seeing them essentially through your lens. So to go back to your original question in terms of, generally speaking, having different people on the benches if we're talking in a courtroom environment or let's it going back to Sophia's article which I thought was just brilliant you know in the Mm -hmm. boardroom you know in the business uh, aspect when when you have different people that are there that had that just as a normal part of their daily life are looking at matters through different lenses by virtue of who they are, that's what brings you, you know, to that position of seeing things from different aspects and treating people differently. So it's not, it's not, it's not something it's, this is not, so the conversation that you and I are having is not your everyday lunchroom, you know, restaurant conversation. It, It just isn't because it requires an awful lot of, of, of forethought in terms of meeting somebody on the same page. And if you don't, you and I have shared, uh, have a shared experience as attorneys, right? Mm-hmm. That's our shared. So we we can pick up on a, co- a topic and just run with it. Sure. Okay. That's one level of similarity, but take that similarity away from us. And then how do you connect with another individual if you don't have a shared experience? And what, people will see is that the more you bring in individuals even if it's like like with the asian judges 1% doesn't matter it's 1%. You bring in individuals with distinct life experiences that's going to broaden your lens in terms of when you're interacting with other individuals and it's going to connect you more to humanity you know as a whole but but i think that to the extent that we don't have those normal everyday experience of seeing something through different lenses, then that's kind of where, where, you know, it can provide a narrow view of our world as it exists. Because for me, I can, because I live in Houston. All sure. right. So, so, and Houston is Houston's majority, extremely minority. extremely
1: diverse. Exactly.
2: Yes. I walk out, and that's why even when someone's asked me about diversity, I go, I, you walk out the door here, <laughs> go down the street in Houston and boom. Right. I mean, it, it, you can go any direction. There's different languages. There's different backgrounds. Right. and and, it, and it's interesting because that's essentially, that, that's, that's our world today. That's essentially our world today.
1: In the news certainly and and even in the law, we do talk about diversity and it's becoming a more becoming a more prominent topic than it was maybe ten twenty years ago, sure but I wonder from from your perspective, do you think people either are or at some point will become desensitized, if you will, to this issue of diversity? Are they going to kind of roll their eyes and be like, "Oh, it's diversity again, and if so, how do we keep that topic fresh? I mean, you know being on the being on the editorial board, that's got to be something that kind of crosses your mind. And you know, how do we keep this topic, you know, from getting stale?
2: absolutely it it was It was not easy to come up with the uh, the articles and you know and the authors because i I also was thinking I had the same question. How can I approach this topic? From uh, a different viewpoint, you know, through a different lens, in a way that it hasn't been discussed before.
1: Yeah. So how'd you get how'd you get there from how'd you get there from here? Because that, I mean, you, you picked two very different topics. I
2: did. I absolutely did. I picked topics that I had not seen before in the mm. journal. That's what I, I pick topics with the business aspect, uh, Sophia. And, and, and also, let me give kudos to both of the authors, Sophia Adroge and Rehan Ali Muhammad. Oh, they're, they're in their own. They're just phenomenal. Sure. professionally and what they do in the community but I remember speaking to Sophia about this and I mm-hmm. said you know this is this is an, an issue that we're looking at publishing you know in in the summer and and I'm just thinking about different things and it really um, I give her a lot of the credit but it was really brainstorming with Sophia because what I told Sophia is I'd like to approach this from a different perspective so so Sophia primarily practices business law you know commercial law mm-hmm. and so she says in she says you know did, did you even know have you even seen she goes it's not just a matter of you know you want diverse individuals on your board so it looks okay she's it affects your bottom line she goes have you seen those articles and I said no <laughs> I haven't mm-hmm. seen the articles. so it was right. really her she goes I can speak to that She was. I can speak to how it moves beyond you know something that you know that the world is changing so let's uh, incorporate, you know, different people, different backgrounds on these ways. So, so it's beyond that. It's really beyond that. And so that's why I invited her. I said, well, can you write an article <laughs> about mm-hmm. that topic? Sure. She says, absolutely. So she's approaching it from a different perspective also in terms of in, uh, in, the, in the business boardrooms and just different rooms, how it's helping the bottom line. Um, it's bringing different perspective. It's improving business. Just different things that people don't necessarily correlate with having unique individuals together, working together, you know, brainstorming together. And in this context, you know, in a boardroom. So really, it was just brainstorming with, with Sophia and, 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 as, and asking her, you know, what, what am I missing? What am I missing in this conversation? I go, it's something that I live every single day. I said, so I I guess, you know, is there, can I see it differently? So, you know, I I give her, you know, complete kudos. And then for those that are listening, her footnotes are extensive, extensive. I noticed that. She's got a lot
1: of citations in there. Absolutely. (laughs)
2: she's, She's also a true scholar, but it really allows an individual to pull up. Pull up all those different articles, pull mm-hmm. up all, you know, whether it be you know, in a journal in a newspaper and see the importance of, number one, recognizing society as it is today. All these people exist, I think, in some of, some of these aspects. She was speaking about women, but, you know, we're, we're all here. We're all here, whether, whether we're seen or whether we're not seen. So how do we make the best and take advantage of all the talents of bringing individuals you know, to the table and working together. And I think her article did an excellent job, just hit the nail on the head in terms of we're here anyway. So what's the best way basically to take advantage of that for the good of everybody? So it moves beyond a catchphrase. You know, it Mm -hmm. it moves beyond even... You know, I hate to sound so flippant in terms of just something we do to make ourselves feel better. It moves way beyond that. And so I think that her, you know, her approach really fulfilled my idea of looking at how does it impact all of us? The fact that we have different individuals in society today in this country, what's what's ultimately how can we best utilize that? And why haven't we seen the value you know, in that. It's
1: it's interesting too, because you know, on the one hand, you have you have this idea that when you have diverse perspectives in the room, you get a better outcome. But then we also see articles about firms that are firms or companies that are predominantly one group. You know, it's like, oh, this is an all-women law firm, or this is an all-Asian law firm, or what have you. And 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 you see those articles and then we celebrate it. But it looks like Sophia's article is kind of saying, look, that that might be empowering, but it may not be enriching in the sense mm-hmm. that you're not getting the full business impact that you would if you had a truly diverse set of people. So it's it's it would be interesting to have Sophia on here to kind of talk about that intersection, you know, and- you know,
2: and, and, and I hope you invite her one day. I, tell you, I really hope you invite her one day. You know, I, I think with with Sophia's article and also the importance of both these articles is that it it it's a jumping off point for further discussion, further, you know, exploration. And and it's, you know, believe me, if if I could give Sophia more pages in this magazine, I would have. <laughs> she was limited just to two. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, just, I could I could, just,
1: could tell she was constraining herself. You could <laughs> you could see there's a lot more to be said. And
2: no, no, absolutely. But I think with these two articles, it, it really does lend itself just to additional conversation and what's our role, you know, in, in this conversation. This topic of diversity is essentially, it's here to stay. It's not going to go away. I, I don't see it going away, and so it's just a matter of then. Then how do we talk? How do we carry on a conversation for this? As you mentioned in the beginning, so it is. You know, so it is ongoing. It's not just something that we're talking about it today because it happens to be this particular issue. No, it's it's the reality. I think you know that you you see the the demographics, even the dynamics here in the United States is changing. So I, I think that it, it's, it's the beginning, you know, of a conversation, but I think it'll, it'll be had for a while to come.
1: Well, and that, that kind of brings me to what I think will have to be our final question because we're running short on time. But I wanted to ask you one final question. In your role as, as bar leader, thought leader, member of the editorial board, you've been obviously very close to this issue of diversity. When do you think we will have, you know, quote, one on diversity? And what I mean by that is, when do you think we're going to get to a point? that we don't have to talk about it anymore because it's it's just a reality and it's and it's happening and it's effortless. Do you think we're going to get there and and what what do you think that's going to look like?
2: Oh, I would hope so. You know, we we we've uh, discussed this as as a board for the Texas Bar Journal too in terms of the the necessity of these articles and you know, to to be quite frank, but for my friendship with Sophia, but for my friendship with Rehan, and I also did serve on the board of directors of the State Bar of Texas with him, you, you wouldn't have these articles. So, mm. you know, I think that the more that we can incorporate people that come to the table who have experiences And are familiar with these types of individuals, then the the more fluid it will become. You know, I I think at at this point, you know, we're we're still at the stage where we we do need somebody, depending on which aspect of diversity that you're looking at. And you mentioned all the different categories, Mm -hmm. but but it does appear that you do need somebody within that group basically sitting at the table who then can kind of open the door a little bit and say, well, you know, here's these individuals and this is what they're doing and this is what they have to offer. But, and I think until we get to that point of more interconnectedness you know I, you know then i can't really answer in terms of when we're going to arrive there right. but i th- but i think i think we're headed in the right direction i really do and again you know i'm going to go back to this idea of diversity was not my idea yeah you know, sure. i am I'm, I'm very well aware you know that there are very few hispanic women on the board of directors i'm very well it did not come from me so i think the fact that my colleagues touched on this and 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 explored it I mean it 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 says a lot. I think it says a lot, but I, I I think that we need more of a reflection of the people in society today. I'm not in hiding, you're not in hiding. Sophia's right. not in hiding, Rayhan's not in hiding those agents, no one's in hiding. You know, we're all out there, but it's more of an acknowledgement of everybody who is out there. So I think that the the more we see an acknowledgement of society today, of the people that are out there today, of the communities today, whether they be Houston, Dallas, you know, the Valley here in you know, or in El Paso, the, right. the, the, the more that we see a reflection of society today, the more you're gonna see the interconnectedness. The more you're going to see people that are going to be having experiences, um, just normal experiences like with Sophia, they can meet Sophia on her own. They don't have to meet Sophia through me. You know, I I think, but I think I really do think it comes down to that. Just acknowledging society as it is today. You know, that that's that's our world.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's, that's a very fair answer. Unfortunately, I, we could talk about this all day, but no. <laughs> unfortunately we are, we are at that time now. So Angelica, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us and give us your insights. And of course, thank you for your bar service and being such a leader in our state bar. So thank you for that. My pleasure. And, and of course, I want to thank you for tuning in and I want to encourage you to stay safe, be well, We are not over COVID-19 yet, so please do keep an eye on those numbers and keep yourself safe and keep your loved ones safe. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, remember, life's a journey, folks. I'm Rocky Deer, signing off.
0: If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to TexasBar.com slash podcasts. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.